On today's episode of the Locked on the Louisville podcast, we're going to talk about three-star offensive lineman Joe Crocker committing to the Cardinals while wide receiver Braden Smith has entered the transfer portal. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of the show. Stay tuned. You are Locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. As always, I want to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. A lot of movement um, for the Louisville football program, a new commitment, three-star offensive lineman Joe Crocker. We'll talk about that recruitment. We'll also talk about what wide receiver or what the loss of wide receiver Braden Smith entering the transfer portal means for the Louisville Cardinals. I know that did not sound grammatically correct at all, so I apologize. And then finally, in the last segment, we will dive into another weekly mailbag. So beginning with Joe Crocker, um, if you listened to some of the episodes over the weekend, this name is familiar to you. Um, And if you didn't listen to it, then it's probably still familiar to you um, because there were two key visitors on campus this past weekend for the Louisville football program in the 2023 class. You had William Wu Spencer, the defensive lineman, four-star from um, formerly a male high school, now New Albany High School. And you had three-star offensive lineman Joe Crocker from the Nashville area. Um, Joe Crocker ranked as the 647th best recruit in the country, according to the 24-7 sports composite, the 45th best offensive tackle and the 20th best prospect in the state of Tennessee Crocker six foot six 310 pound offensive lineman was pivotal um, in the trenches for Franklin Road Academy in the Music City um, formerly a commitment to Mississippi State he decommitted late in the process and I think that that's something that probably helped Louisville out um, because look at some of these offers look at some of the offers that Joe Crocker holds that makes you wonder, well, is he really just a player in the mid-600s? Because listen to this offer list. Sure, you have Louisville, Mississippi State, but you also have Michigan State, Arkansas, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Florida State, Georgia, Indiana, Kentucky, Marshall, Maryland, Memphis, Michigan, Mississippi, Pittsburgh, Purdue, TCU, Tennessee, Central Florida, Virginia, Virginia Tech. The list goes on. So, um Close to nearly 30 offers for the six foot six offensive lineman. Um, I mentioned on the podcast uh, over the weekend, he is a player that I remember him being on campus last fall, not this past fall, but the one before that um, as a junior, because I was the beat writer for Cardinals Sports Zone, the football beat writer. So um, I was at every home game for the Cardinals and left after the post-game press conferences and things of the nature. I can't remember which game it was. 
But there was a game. I believe it was a big recruiting weekend. A lot of uh, juniors on campus for the game, uh, Saturday night game, I believe. And I remember leaving the stadium and um, a recruit and uh, his mother were walking out of the stadium as well. And his lanyard said Joe Crocker. So I looked up his uh, recruiting profile and, um, you know, offensive lineman. That was something I was like, okay, well, makes a lot of sense from the Nashville area. Uh, didn't really hear much after that. Um, you know, then he commits to Mississippi State. Seems like that ship had sailed. He decommitted from Mississippi State uh, late in the process. And now it seems like that probably worked in the Louisville's favor because a lot of the other schools, probably the top, um, you know, schools in the country that had been recruiting Crocker, probably had their um, you know recruiting classes figured out when it comes to the traditional high school classes, but also the transfer portal as well. Louisville was an interesting situation to where, yes, they added John Paul Flores. Yes, they have Madden Sanker and Luke Burgess in the class, but they have a lot of veterans on the roster right now, um, as they did last year, and they need to continue to add players into the offensive line category. So this makes a lot of sense not only – for the Louisville Cardinals, but also for Crocker as well. I think that um, for him, it's an opportunity that maybe he doesn't see a lot of um, significant playing time this season, but after this season, you know, you have um, some openings on that offensive line um, becoming available. I'm not sure if, um, you know, we'll see if Michael Gonzalez is a guy that stays at the tackle position or if he moves over to the interior at the guard position, but um, Renato Brown, could definitely be um, trying to go to the NFL after this season. Um, at the very least, I think there's a opportunity for him to compete in the two deep. For Louisville, this makes sense as well. You get another player to at least address depth. Um, he plays the tackle position, and I think if you're Louisville, you're probably sitting there thinking, yes, you know, it gives you tackle depth, but also it wouldn't hurt to have guard depth with uh, Luke Kandra transferring to Cincinnati. Yes, you brought in John Paul Flores from Virginia, a guy that played all over the offensive line for the Cavaliers this past season, is probably going to start at guard uh, for the Cardinals um, alongside, um, you know, Renato Brown, Michael Gonzalez on the outside, Brian Hudson in the middle, and we'll see who starts at that other guard position. But overall, um, you are able to bring in another guy for the future. Even if he doesn't play immediately right away, this is still a solid addition, in my opinion, because he has solid size, six foot six, 310 pounds. But when you watch him play, I think that, um, you know, the defenders that he's played, at least on his film, look a little bit smaller than he is, which really isn't saying much considering that he's six six three ten. 310, but does a good job uh, with, you know, moving with his size, uh, solid footwork, uh, quick on his feet as well for his size. Very, very good in pass pro and maybe even better as, um, you know, as a guy that protects, um, you know, running the football. I can't speak today. Um, regardless, um, solid in both aspects, both in the rushing department and the passing game. Uh, I think that he's a guy that could end up being a multiple year starter, but um, don't want to jump the gun too quickly. But I do think he has the prototypical size that you're looking for uh, to you know beef up the offensive line. I think that um, he addresses a position of depth moving forward. I think the Cardinals offensive line is full of a bunch of question marks. At this point, I think you know you feel good about Michael Gonzalez on the left, Brian Hudson in the middle, John Paul Flores filling in wherever he needs to. It's probably assumed that Renato Brown's going to be the starter on the right flank. 
But at the end of the day, I think that it's going to at least provide some, you know, competition. Um, guys like um, uh, Maquette Gway, um, Max Cabana, so on and so forth. There's some guys in that room looking to um, create some opportunities for themselves. And I think that iron sharpens iron in this situation. And you're looking at uh, a position battle heading into um, fall camp. That's going to be very interesting to see where the Cardinals go, especially at right tackle. I think that that's a, a, an interesting spot. Um, Austin Collins as well on the interior projects to probably be maybe a starter at left or right guard, regardless of uh, where, you know, John Paul Flores plays. But I think that this is a commitment that makes sense for both parties. Um, this is an opportunity for Joe Crocker to go to a Power 5 school, one where he could eventually carve out some playing time in year two where he's going to be needed and where he can develop. Um, and then for Louisville, it makes sense from a depth perspective this year. And even if they don't need him this year, if they don't need him, I think that that probably – is a telltale sign of good things to come, considering that they have some depth that still needs to prove itself. Um, but you have a player that you know you're trying to develop for the future, like Luke Burgess. Uh, Madden Sanker could be a guy that plays early on. He could also be a guy that is going to be a developmental piece on the offensive line. So three solid offensive line recruits. And you know the old saying goes, you can never recruit too heavily on the offensive or defensive line. And I think that this is a very solid addition for the global Cardinals makes sense for both parties. Um, I wish that we could get into some more good news, uh, but unfortunately heading into the second segment, we are going to talk about um, what Braden Smith entering the transfer portal means for the global wide receiving core. Uh, we'll do that here in just a second. After we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Um, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Um, the bets for Super Bowl coming up are something that you need to pay attention to. Uh, they have an app that's very easy and safe to use. Join FanDuel.com today at, at FanDuel.com slash Locked On to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com. Slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Another interesting opportunity, Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the hosts that cover the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, heading into the second segment, uh, veteran wide receiver for the Louisville Cardinals, Braden Smith, elected to enter the transfer portal on Monday afternoon. Unfortunately for the Cardinals, it seemed like this one could have you know, been expected. The writing could have been on the wall. He was granted another year of eligibility by the NCAA along with Monty Montgomery. Monty obviously entered the transfer portal. He's down at Mississippi now. Um, Braden Smith uh, gets that year of eligibility. And kind of like Monty Montgomery, that didn't necessarily make me feel as if he was for sure coming back. I guess I had automatically assumed as had most people considering his name wasn't in the portal, but when neither Montgomery or Brayden Smith 
came out and made the announcement that they would be back at Louisville. Um, didn't necessarily uh, feel too good about that. Obviously, Montgomery entered the transfer portal a couple weeks ago and has chosen his destination. Well, Braden Smith is following suit and is now in the portal. Uh, Smith, last season, had 21 receptions, 215 yards, and a touchdown. Um, has spent three years with the Cardinals. Back in 2020, had his best year, uh, 27 for 370. In 2021, it looked like he was going to be one of the go-to guys. Had 11 for 68 with the touchdown through the first couple of games. Unfortunately, tore his ACL in that matchup against Florida State early on in the season. So um, not able to really leave his mark on the field there. The Louisville passing struggles this past season. You look at those numbers, and it's you know 215 yards and a touchdown. You wonder, well, is that really all that good? Well, when you consider that the Cardinals' passing attack really struggled for the most part all season long, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that the numbers don't necessarily do justice for the type of player that Louisville is losing. Um, but as I say that, um, the Cardinals definitely addressed depth and they addressed some possible starting spots in the transfer portal. Jeff Brom and company have been fantastic when it comes to recruiting the wide receiver position since they took over uh, in early December. Um, I think that this ultimately probably led to Smith entering the portal. Number one, obviously, new coaching staff. Number two, there's going to be a very, very interesting competition for the starting positions at the very beginning. You talk about... Um, you know, no Tyler Hudson, D. Wiggins enters the portal, so on and so forth. Uh, Jalen Carter graduates. But you bring in a guy like Jamari Thrash, who was essentially the best receiver in the Sun Belt last year for Georgia State. Uh, he's going to probably be a penciled-in starter right away. You bring in Kevin Coleman Jr., a guy who, as a true freshman last year, the former top 60 recruit, had over 500 yards of receiving yards last year for Jackson State. He transfers to Louisville in the slot, and he's a player that a lot of people have pinned as a starter as well. Not to mention Amari Huggins-Bruce returns. So you have another possible slot-type receiver, um, smaller speed guy that's going to play more so um, in the slot, um, taking up those possibilities. I know Braden Smith was utilized in a handful of different ways over the past handful of seasons. Oh, on the boundary, in the slot, even as a quarterback at times, um, in end-around situations, so on and so forth, that versatility will be missed. But the Cardinals, I think, have set themselves up in a position to where their wide receiving core is leaps and bounds better this season or this upcoming season, at least on paper, than what it was last year. You talk about bringing um, a couple of guys from the recruiting class. Sure, it hurts that you don't bring in DeAndre Moore. But you have guys like William Fowles and um, Jalil McClain, Kataris Hicks. Um, probably all three are going to be de developmental guys. I do think that William Fowles is talented enough to carve out a role year one. Um, so you talk about Kevin Coleman Jr. You talk about Jamari Thrash. You talk about Amari Huggins-Bruce. Three new high school recruits coming in. But don't forget, there are more additions. Jaden Thompson and Jimmy Callaway were also... Um, you know, are, are also in the global wide receiving room now. Um, not necessarily both slot receivers probably project to be more on the outside. So this is more so kind of, um, 
you may be leading you all to believe that D. Wiggins transfer because of that. But Callaway and Thompson, both guys that are very talented, um, looking for a change of scenery and looking to leave their mark here at Louisville. So a lot of new faces here at Louisville. Could Braden Smith have started for this team? It's very possible. But the thing about it is, is I think that there was a good possibility as good of a possibility it could have been that he could have gotten a lot of significant playing time, there's also a big possibility that his role would have been reduced a little bit when you look at the numbers in the wide receiving core. There's a lot of players on paper that um, make a lot of sense to play a ton of snaps. So would it surprise me to see Braden Smith go to a place like Cincinnati with his former head coach? That's a possibility. They're looking for wide receivers. Could he go uh, back home to Mississippi uh, to play for possibly Mississippi or Mississippi State? There's a possibility there as well. He could go um, you know, around that area to um, Texas, Alabama, in those states. Um, seeing, But I think Cincinnati is probably the place that I kind of have circled as a possible landing spot uh, for him, sort of like uh, Dorian Jones and Luke Kandra. But overall... Um, a lot of new faces, but um, I see Braden Smith as more of a slot receiver. And when you look at what the Cardinals have done um, in terms of recruiting, you have Kevin Coleman Jr. and you have Amari Huggins-Bruce probably fighting for those snaps at the slot. You can only play so many guys at once. I know that Braum has a very uh, passing-centric offense, um, You know, likes to throw it all over the field, but even then there's only so many uh, there's only one ball to go around. There's only so many targets to you know, deviate between the receivers and the receiving core. And from Jimmy Callaway, Jaden Thompson, Kevin Coleman Jr., Jamari Thrash, Amari Huggins-Bruce, those five alone, not even talking about guys that could slide into the mix like Chris Bell and um, uh, William Faust, those guys in the mix as well. So you have those seven. You have Chance Morrow, who makes eight. Kataris Hicks is nine. Um, and then also... Um, Jaleel McClain makes 10. The question now becomes, with the loss of Braden Smith, are you looking to add another guy? I'm kind of on the fence about this because, number one, how many players are going to transfer into this wide receiving core, uh, or how many top players that are even in the portal right now? I mean, you're going to see some enter uh, spring ball, after spring ball. How many players that are you know going to possibly – uh, produce at this level, how many of those players are going to be willing to enter a wide receiving core with so much competition to play right away? If they're going to add another piece, which I, I think that those scholarships are probably needed elsewhere, you're talking about linebacker, um, you know, possibly another tight end, maybe another interior defensive lineman. I think wide receiving, the wide receiver position is a little bit down the priority list right um would it surprise me to see them go after another wide receiver no but yes at the same time you're probably looking at a developmental piece maybe the only way that um i could see jeff brahm and company going after another wide receiver is if they believe that uh you know morrow chris bell um you know mclean Fowles and Hicks are all going to be developmental pieces so they want to get six very solid receivers but even then i mean that's I mean, that's just a great problem to have at this point because, you know, five very, very solid receivers that could end up starting or being starting caliber players 
and you know maybe one to two of the the underclassmen also being able to be into the mix. I just think that those scholarships could be used elsewhere for the limited availability that Louisville has to go with for the rest of the season. So we'll see how the um, recruiting uh, is able to kind of wind down over the next couple weeks and heading into spring ball. So uh, with that being said, let's now head into the weekly mailbag. Uh, before we do that, want to say, uh, or I want to tell you all once again, I, I mentioned it over the weekend, I have a very interesting schedule in the month of February. My day job, there's a lot of training, a lot of traveling in February. I'm gone all of next week from the 6th through the 10th. Uh, the next week I'm gone for uh, Thursday and Friday, and the week after that it's uh, um, Tuesday and Wednesday. So the scheduling of the show is going to be very, very weird and inconsistent. I ask for you all to just be patient with me. I'm still looking to turn out, you know, the usual 19 episodes. It's just going to be a weird uh, terms of uh, programming, scheduling, and things of that nature. So I appreciate all of your all's consideration, understanding, and patience. But final segment of the show dedicated to another Monday mailbag. Uh, first question: There have been rumors circling through message boards uh, that Sky Clark could be on his way to Louisville here in the upcoming months. What do you make of this, and would that be a solid addition for Louisville? I don't necessarily have uh, any access to message boards other than what some people like to send me randomly in terms of screenshots. Uh, Sky Clark took a leave of absence uh, from the Illinois team, averaged seven points per game, four rebounds, two assists on 41% shooting, uh, 33% from the three-point line and 70% from the free throw line. Only played 13 games for the Illini. Started, um, you know, uh, the majority of those as well. And he ended up um, kind of stepping away from basketball for um, for uh, personal reasons. I, I know that there um, has been some talk on message boards, I, I guess, from people sending me screenshots that Clark could be on his way to Louisville. Um until that's a done deal, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm not going to believe it until it happens. But if it were to happen, I mean, that's a solid addition for Louisville, assuming that everything is okay with Clark uh, moving forward. Um, like I said, you just never know what players are going through and things of that nature, um, you know, or why he decided to step away from basketball at this time. But Clark is a very, very talented uh, combo guard that can score at all three levels. Um, I'm very interested to see if Payne would see him as a starter or a bench guy, you know, a guy that started for Illinois this past season, you would have to assume that he's probably uh, being told that he's going to get a starting position, um, which at the end of the day, that's not all that bad. I mean, Louisville could definitely do worse. Um, we'll see if they could do better. I mean, obviously sometimes the grass isn't greener on the other side. So uh, it would be a nice addition, a guy that could possibly average in double figures next year. Uh, so I would definitely welcome the addition. So, the ACC schedule has been released. Uh, what are your main takeaways for the Louisville Cardinals? Um, I'm going to have an episode about this um, either tomorrow or Thursday or Wednesday, one of the two, sometime this week. I think that um, there's opportunity for Louisville to win and win early to try to get um, you know bowl eligibility you know kind of early on. That's something that I'm looking at here. Um, I think that. You know, you have Georgia Tech, Indiana, um, you know, Murray State. 
so on and so forth. And then the uh, ACC schedule, I think, you know, Boston College is a very winnable game. The thing about it is, is um, I think that there's a good chance, uh, maybe not necessarily probable, but possible that Louisville could be undefeated 5-0 and before they play Notre Dame, which would be an electric atmosphere at the new LNN Federal Credit Union Cardinal Stadium. So um, main takeaway before uh, I have an episode about it uh, in, in the next couple of days um, opportunity to win early here for Louisville, kind of like how it was last year. Um, moving right on along, you talked about Emmanuel Okorafor um, in yesterday's episode. Do you think that he could end up being one of the best players on this current team? I mean, yes, but at the same time, how do you quantify that? Um, because, or what's the context or how significant is that? Because there's only a handful of games left. We're in February on Wednesday. There's what, less than 10 games or close to it, um, including the ACC tournament. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was one of the better players, um, you know, against Notre Dame. I thought that his impact was probably better than everyone's, but maybe Mike James, uh, so yeah, I mean, this season he could definitely end up being one of Louisville's best players down the stretch. Um, next season, obviously hard to tell considering that there's going to be a ton of roster turnover. Um, <clears throat> heading into a little bit of, uh, Kentucky recruiting. I, I like this question. Um, you talked about Gabe Sisk last week. Are there any other local prospects that deserve Louisville's attention on the recruiting trail? There's a couple of them for sure. There's a, a handful of younger prospects coming up through the Kentucky uh, circuit that I think are, are going to be Louisville level. I mean, you're talking about Travis Perry from Lyon County, Malachi Moreno from Great Crossing, Jasper Johnson, who got a Louisville offer from Woodford County. Um, all three of those players, I'm actually going to have an episode uh, before I leave about uh, why Louisville should be going after all three of those prospects. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of talent. Um, you know, you have obviously Gabe Sisk, um, you know, so on and so forth. There's there's a lot of younger guys coming up through the state that um, you know, Louisville should definitely be trying to, um, you know, prioritize right away. So that's going to wrap up uh, this episode of the show. We talked about uh, the Cardinals getting a commitment from offensive tackle Joe Crocker. Talked about what the loss of Braden Smith to the transfer portal means to the Louisville wide receiving room. Sorry, I've got the hiccups. And we dove into a Monday mailbag segment. So like I said, We'll see you right back here very, very soon.